Welcome into the Raheel Show podcast. This episode is a, a very special one. I recorded it live uh, from the beach on Bolivar Peninsula uh, with Jackie Goss, somebody that a lot of the listeners might or might not know from Twitter. Uh, Jackie's a friend of mine. He's a local business owner, and he is probably one of the biggest idiots on Twitter. So it's so much fun to talk to him and get to know him a little bit more. And we did that live on the beach. So here is this interesting podcast. But first, uh, a big thanks to the sponsors, Perfume Time Houston. Why are you paying retail prices for your perfumes and colognes, your watches, all your big brands? Stop paying retail prices. Go pay wholesale uh, at Perfume Time Houston. Go to Google, put in Perfume Time Houston, or give them a call at 713-782-0030. You can call them and ask them if they carry certain brands and how much it is, and they'll give you a great price. Just tell them you heard it right here on the Raheel Show podcast, and you will get a special discount. McGrath Pest Control, if you live in the Houston area, you listen to me. Uh, trust the best. Trust great technicians and trust great people at McGrath Pest Control. Scott McGrath is a friend of mine. Scott McGrath has been on this show, so you can listen to the episode and learn more about him. But he does business the right way. His technicians are great. If somebody's going to come into your house to spray for uh, your general pest control every every three months or so, Trust the right people and trust they use good chemicals that you know it works. I have no issues with pest control, and that's because of McGrath Pest Control. Go to McGrathPestControl.com, mention you heard it on the Reheal Show podcast. You get five percent off your first treatment. HtownDental.com. You've heard about them now. Three locations across the city, two on the east side, one right here in the Galleria area. Go to HtownDental.com. Book your appointment right now. Make sure you tell them you heard it on the Raheel Show, and you get a free cleaning and x-rays on the house. Dr. Ramsnali and his partner, Bobby, they do great things. If you know somebody that needs dental work, but they just can't financially afford it, or they're on a really bad payment plan, they help put patients on payment plans that benefit them. All right, so make sure you give H-Town Dental a try before you commit to any major dental work. Get a second opinion from them. They are awesome. H-Town Dental dot com all right here we go it's a special episode recorded live on the beach we were just sitting there enjoying ourselves doing a podcast here it is jackie goss well this is the one that we've been uh, talking about for a while we're live well we're live but this is a recorded podcast the real show podcast today's guest is jackie goss uh, a friend that i made on twitter and now i consider just a, a friend not a twitter friend just a good friend Jackie, we're out on your on your property, your land, Bolivar Peninsula. Yes, sir. Here we are. It's good to see you again. Yeah, we met on Twitter, uh, kind of talked on there for a while, got together, met with uh, Chance up in Magnolia, then met down here, and ever since then, we've kind of crossed the threshold from Twitter just to, to normal, actual life friends. Yeah, that's one of the cool things about Twitter and social media now is you'll end up making friends on there and you'll spend more time with those friends than your normal friends almost in terms of tweeting with them, spending the time and dedicating the time to them. It's turned into a new form of friendship. Oh, absolutely. Not only that, but even the, the friends that are, that are you know, not just Twitter friends, but we still communicate mainly on Twitter. Even though we have each other's phone numbers or see each other, we do most of our uh, communicating on Twitter or we'll be goofing around on Twitter and texting each other at the same time saying, oh my God, I can't believe we just said that on Twitter. Or, so yeah, it's kind of a cool. So a couple years ago when, when uh, it was like three years ago, and by the way, all the background noise, we're, for real, we're sitting <laughs> literally about 20 feet from 20 the water. Feet from the water. Mm -hmm. We've got a game of washers going on. 
uh, sandcastles. We got a big dog. Uh, Jackie's family's out here. I'm out here. My wife and my daughter. There, we're all just hanging out. There's a, a pond of water with a fish in there. We're just like we built for Hayden. So that's what's really <laughs> happening right now. So anytime you guys hear anything, and if it sounds kind of distorted or anything, it's because we're legit on the beach. The plan was to go out into the surf and do it, and like actually do it while we were surf fishing. But the water is just—it's too bad today. Yeah, it's too high. They, the the. Uh Surf forecasts are about as accurate as weather forecasts, so it was supposed to be flat like glass and it's actually about enough to, to, to completely splash over your head when you get like waist deep. Yeah. So fishing was not a not an option. So you guys come out here almost every weekend, right? We're here every every weekend unless we have something going on or it's in the winter time when the weather's kinda bad. But uh, but for the most part we're here. We'd leave get off work on Friday, uh, head this way and get back home on Sunday in time to, to start all over. You know, I'm surprised more people aren't going towards the water like on a monthly basis, almost like a reset, uh, a natural reset for them because the water, I was thinking about that on the driveway, on the drive up here, the w- water plays such a big part in human life. Mm-hmm. It's it, Obviously, if you're near a port city, you're going to get a lot of imports because of the trade and because of ships and whatnot. But I mean, even through like ancient civilization, when you're closer to water, that's a higher percentage of farming you there's a higher percentage of success there too so like water is a big part of the human success and i don't, I don't know about i think it for you i i think you feel the same way but when you just come out to the, the beach and you're sitting here there's something there's something natural about it that just feels right oh it's absolutely really the whole reason we came down here is just to be around the water it's relaxing we'll just sit here and and uh, bring an ice chest down here have a have a drink, watch the water, watch the kids. But uh, but you're right. At the same time, anytime you look out into the into the Gulf, when you're sitting here, at any time you'll see 20 or 30 tankers out there just waiting to come into port, full of of cargo from who knows where. Mm-hmm. So it's it's absolutely a a money making operation around here, and and everything thrives off bringing products in and out through the through the ship channel but for us it's just it's just for fun it's just relaxation yeah like for me the, the whole week uh we we were in mexico just a couple weeks back and being that close to the water for a week it, man that's just like the best feeling but when everyone is working a nine to five you're stuck in traffic and all this crap you're constantly thinking about just like a getaway i mean all week for me i, I was just counting down i was like i gotta get to Bolivar. can't wait to go see everybody not only the communal aspect of it, where you're hanging out and whatnot, but like just this reset, this natural reset, that's what I call it, is just being by the water, getting that sunlight. It's just, it feels so good. It feels so perfect. Oh, for sure. It's, 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 uh, everybody says working for the weekend, and it's a true thing. You, you just, you kind of just, you just grind and grind and grind to get through the week. There's a Jeep going behind us with the music blaring. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> so you just grind and you get through the week looking for the weekend, and then when it's over, you just, you just start all over, but. But that, that's what we do. So for a lot of people that don't know where Bolivar is, let's uh, let's give them a breakdown where exactly Bolivar, the Bolivar Peninsula is. Uh, if you've ever been to Galveston and you've gone on the ferry, a lot of people, uh, especially a lot of, um, oh, I'm choking, uh, a lot of South Asians, my parents, what we always did was got on the ferry and we would go on the other side and come right back. We didn't. Even, I didn't even know the this Bolivar was here. Fair. Yeah, really? the Bolivar Galveston Fair. We would come. It was almost like a free boat ride. We'd come here, get, like it, we would park the car. Uh, we wouldn't wait in line. We would park the car, on. walk on, yeah. get the get the free ferry ride, and then you turn right back, and that was it. Yeah. But uh, Bolivar Peninsula is 
it, it, that's what it is. When you take that ferry, that's where you land, and it connects uh, back to two. Well, no, what's the freeway or the? It goes all the way. Uh, when you get off the ferry, the ferry ride is about three miles from Galveston to Bolivar, about twenty minutes. You get off from there, and to drive all the way along the peninsula is about thirty minutes. And you get, uh, you just, you come to the end of the highway, you take a left, and within a few minutes you're back at I-10. So it makes a big circle. But uh, yeah, it's just kind of like Galveston light. There's, it's a, it's much narrower, much smaller than Galveston. Nowhere near the, the amount of shops or, uh, or, uh, restaurants, bars, anything. It's, a, it's very limited. But yeah. people like it over here, mainly because it's, it's a little more. It's, it's kind of the wild, wild west compared to Galveston. It's, you can have golf carts, go karts, four wheelers, uh-huh. jacked up trucks, everything on the beach. Uh, it's, it's almost kind of like anything goes. It's almost impossible to get in trouble because they don't even have a jail. So if they, <laughs> they want to arrest you, they gotta, they got to transport you so far. They, they really don't even want to. You, have to. you really have to mess up to get in trouble over here. So I think that's kind of what draws people over to it is just the, the more laid back lack of rules yeah. kind of anything goes and a lot of there's a lot of beach houses here there's a lot of rv parks and a lot of people you you for one you own an rv park down here and you have an rv that you've just uh, parked on your on your property there and then you've turned it into a second home pretty much it's so much fun down here this the people watching you're, you're right it's more laid back mm-hmm. you're not going to find like a, a steward beach here you're not going to find showers or anything like that no so. no facilities are so <clears throat> limited even even the few uh businesses and restaurants that there are they don't even unless you're a paying customer they don't even want you in there trying they just all keep uh portable restrooms outside they it's it's uh the facilities are very limited but but uh a lot of it got wiped away with ike it's still kind of in the process of coming back and there are a lot of RVs here. That's really when we started looking down here was after Ike. And a lot of people were rebuilding, but we decided to go with a fifth well and, and just build a deck over it so we could go up on top of the deck and look at the ocean if we wanted to. But if a hurricane shows up, we can we can uh, hook up to the trailer and be out of here long before the hurricane has a chance to wipe out everything we have. So that's, that's why there's so many RVs yeah. and, and RV parks and things like that down here. How bad was Ike when it hit here? It was it was we weren't here at the time, but the aerial photos and the pictures were uh, were just devastating. Honestly, all along the uh, someone just got a hole in one nice. on the washers. <laughs> all along the peninsula, I mean, there were very few houses left over. Uh, even even if you go to Google Street Maps at this point, and they haven't updated, it, and you can look all around where our trailer is, where our RV park is, and you still see the houses that were there, wow. you know, eight or ten years ago. That are there's no even not even a trace of them now. They're just they're just gone. People. There was several feet worth of silt and, and, and ocean and sand that just washed up and covered everything. Where we were, they couldn't even find the streets. We've got a, a telephone pole right kind of in the middle of our lot uh, along the street because they were so busy just uncovering streets, getting sand off the streets and planting new power poles. They weren't even that worried about finding property lines. They were just, just blowing and going, trying to get things Man. just up and running so people could have power. That is nuts. And to, to give people a sense of how far that is and how much water came in from where the shoreline is to where the first set of RVs are, I would say it's about 400 yards, oh, 500 yeah, it's, yards. It's pretty far. By the time you go across the beach and through the dunes, and then there's usually a little bit of a setback. So yeah. there, there's a good amount of space, but it was just like a big That's wall a, of water. Gosh, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. That One of the... 
So my, my memory of Ike, uh, and if you're listening to this, you live in Houston, you probably, everyone has their own memory of it because it was such an impactful event for all of us because we all thought that it wasn't going to be that bad. Everyone just kind of, because of what happened with Rita, you're like, oh, whatever, Hurricane Rita was nothing, so. Oh, it was, it was a big, it was a, yeah, it was, it was a big a dud, false flag. Yeah. It was everybody, everybody got out and then it was, then nothing happened. So yeah. everybody kind of had this sense of, yeah, well, I'm not going anywhere. This is not going to be a bad thing. And, and it was horrible. Oh, it just, it, it just hit dead on just right. Well, actually, I, I believe the eye of the hurricane was was right around Gilcrest, which is on the Bolivar Peninsula. Um, it was awful. So Galveston was on the dirty side of it, yeah. that where the wind sweeps across and pushes the water up. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was a really bad thing. Yeah, it was a bad thing. I was stuck at the station. And I don't know if I've ever said the story on the podcast, but I've said it on air on ESPN, where uh, when Ike hit... I was at the station. I was the only single person working at the station. So they thought it would be a good idea for me to just kind of make sure nothing goes too like nothing nothing goes too wrong or if something did I could call people and make sure the right people get in t- you know right people get out there and You're fix single, the equipment. So left, left, yeah, less le- loved ones to worry about. Exactly. You. <laughs> like I, I didn't have to care for a family, right? Like most of <clears throat> Sean was the other one. Sean was single at the time. His kids weren't with him, and he ended up coming to the station also. Uh, John Harris, he was at home. His power went out at like 7 o'clock, so he came up there. So it was me, Sean, and John's family, <clears throat> and it was it was us just watching the building sway in the Galleria area. And you could just look out. It was pitch black. You'll see Transformers just blowing mm-hmm. left and right. It was one of the craziest things I've ever witnessed. It and was we had we had a planned trip. We were actually out of town in Dallas, and and I remember being in Dallas and and tracking it, of course. And we live in Seabrook, so that was you know dead center too. And and the uh, the night before, it was clear that it was you know it wasn't going to make a last second turn. It wasn't going to let up. Mm-hmm. It was coming through full steam, and and I, I just assumed we were going to come back to to nothing. Uh-huh. And and Seabrook, where we live in Seabrook, was actually they roped it off. They wouldn't let people in for a few days on that side of town and we finally got back in and and it looked like a war zone our house sits up high so we were kind of lucky we didn't have much damage but all along toddville and seabrook along the bay there were there were places where you would drive along and and you remember exactly what the house looked like and there was nothing there but a slab or or where the pilings were there was uh one thing we we still talk about to this day in seabrook there was a, a really nice little uh lawyer's office that they used uh, in the kind of the residential area, but it was a lawyer's office, and and we drove by and we saw it, and we were like, something's not right about that. And after we looked at it for a second, we realized it was sitting on the wrong side of the road. What? It had literally, it had literally floated up because it was on pilings, floated across and landed perfectly on the other side of the road, oh just God. sitting there. And uh, it was crazy. I mean, everything was just ruined. All the restaurants down there to this day, when you uh-huh. walk in, you'll see a. They'll have a watermark somewhere about shoulder high on their wall that says yeah. this is the level where Tookies the water has is. that, yeah. yeah. And it's it's amazing to think that the water could have been that high, but but that's what it was. Yeah, and uh, yeah, one of the like people, if you didn't live in the area, you can go on YouTube and put in. Well, we got a G, uh, an RV going back with music playing, uh, but yeah, you can go on YouTube and put in Hurricane Ike, Seabrook damage, oh, or yeah. Kima damage, and that's the one that bridge that uh, where you go over to get to the Kima boardwalk. Mm-hmm. That thing was covered with boats. Oh, it was. I'll it never was, forget that. It looked like a junkyard for boats. Yeah. They were just on their side, laying sideways. Where they were just, they they all floated out of the. There's there's more boats 
in the area of Seabrook and Kima than almost anywhere in the United States. And they all are tethered, but when the water rose, they just broke free and floated freely. And when the water went back down, they just were they ever they were when they landed. That's Man. just where they sat. Yeah, that was like you'll see. I forgot. I forgot who the reporters reporter was, but she was she was right in front of the bridge, and all you could see were boats and mm-hmm. boats oh, and absolutely. wood yeah. everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that's when, like, that's when I knew, oh crap, this is gonna be this is gonna be bad. That's actually how it got on Twitter was Hurricane Ike. The first time I got on Twitter was because of that. One of our uh, favorite bars down here was a bar called Maribel's, and they it was it was it was kind of a landmark because it was at the foot of the Kima Bridge, and it was painted hot pink. Uh-huh. And everybody knew about Maribel's if they were from anywhere in the area, and it was a, it was completely obliterated. You but you would drive around, and you would every once in a while you'd see a pink board just laying somewhere, no and you way. would know that was part of Maribel's. And my neighbor was driving along and actually found a, a pony keg of theirs. That had floated and landed, so he got this pony keg and made a table out of it. So he's got a he's got an Ike memento, but uh, it was it was complete. It's just complete devastation. It was awful. We were lucky. We didn't have power for about two weeks, but we happened to have a little pop up RV that we had bought uh-huh. our first our first venture into RVing, and it was it was a piece of junk. We bought it for about four hundred dollars. Worked on it. It barely worked, but we slept in it for about two weeks. Bought a Man. generator. It did have a little air conditioner and. And so us and, and five kids slept in that little RV for wow. about two weeks. We couldn't use the – there was no electricity. The water was uh, – you could use it for showering, but you couldn't use it for drinking or anything. So it, it was man, a mess. That was – yeah, that was uh, that, that was an interesting time, man. That was uh, – it, like, it, it's weird. The city got hit pretty hard. Uh, but then, like, you look at the residential – like, the suburbs, like Sugarland. So the night – the day after – I went home because I was living with my parents. This was not even a year after college. So my brother was over, and we were watching the USC Oklahoma. I think it was USC LSU game, I think. USC was playing that night. It was the opening weekend of college that football. Been, yeah, the very beginning. But yeah, because it was like the beginning of September. Yeah, so it was the first. Say, yeah, yeah, so it was like there was a huge game. I forgot who it was. It was USC and somebody. And we were sitting there with power just watching the game like nothing happened. But as soon as you drive five minutes away from the house, mm-hmm. there you just see the oh, destruction. Oh yeah, you would see there. some some grids had power, some didn't, mm-hmm. and it was they just you know they went in whatever order. I'm sure they had some kind of method to what they were doing, but but uh, where we were, it was we were at the we were at the bottom of that chain. Yeah. We were, so so Jack, everybody knows uh, when we're on Twitter, it's me, you, Chance, uh, David, DJ, Lockdown, Nile will even get in on this. Clint, Clint. Clint's really fun. I mean, everybody knows our relationship based on twitter but nobody like unless you know jackie in person you probably don't know jackie the man (laughs) by the way jackie is a man for anybody that's involved (laughs) in that meme despite all the rumors uh so jackie tell us more about you like what so what do you do for a living i own a, a pool business we do service repairs remodels anything like that anything to do with pools we'll do it uh i've got customers all the way from league city up to the woodlands and uh, and that, and that's it. I just I uh, after college I owned I owned restaurants for a for a few years. Um, did okay, but that's a tough tough business. Yeah. Got out of that. I had a, a buddy from college. I went to A and M. I had a buddy that was in the pool business. He he strongly recommended giving it a try. So so I started up from scratch and built up a customer base. Built it up and and that's what I've been doing for about the last ten years. That's a cool that that's a cool thing where you you tried one thing. 
you saw the restaurant business. We had this tough. Yeah, the, the founder of Gringos, Russell Ibarra, um, who's a very a good follow on Twitter and really just a great man. And you know, like he 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 was de- like that was it. Gringos was his last try, and just ended up working. And now it's a very successful company. Oh gosh, but yeah, got- the restaurant industry is killer, man. You're it, working on slim slim margins. It it is. It's, it's tough, and 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 it's tough to find good help. I no matter what the industry, I guess. But but to me, restaurants, it's really hard to find good mm-hmm. help and and uh, dependable dependable workers. Yeah. And you're right. You got it. You got to be on point all the time or else you know you lose a customer and they don't want to come back and yeah it's tough and especially now with social media and yelp and all these review sites oh, it just well, takes now, one bad per- one person will ruin your business one misstep to yeah. go viral and 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 you you'll have an entire chunk of the population that refuses to step foot in your business oh my god that's it's 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 been a, it's been 10 years since i've dealt with that but i can't imagine having oh. to deal with it with social media i'm sure you can you can explode and, and do great because of it but if you get a bad review or something of someone, you know, a video yeah. takes a someone takes a video in your restaurant of something bad that you didn't even have control over, and all of a sudden you can't get anyone yeah. to even consider coming to your restaurant, it was, I wouldn't want to deal with it. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. You could have like for the most part, like when I was working for Landry's, it was like ninety eight point five percent of the people that walked in had a great time. They mm-hmm. loved it. It's that one percent, one to one point five percent. Man, that's it. No one cares about like. It was great. I would monitor every situation. When we're looking at like a hundred plus locations, the brands that I had, and I would look at every review and all the five stars. Great, perfect, cool. We don't care about those. If there's a one star or a two yep. star out there, we need to deal with that right now. Like, it, it's it's a weird thing where people get so influenced by that one negative thing instead of the 99 other great experiences exactly. but it's that one it's like that one thing we're afraid of when you should like people should just use their heads here and go well look if 99 percent of the people enjoyed it i don't give a shit what the one percent oh absolutely like, and, and and you and you do have to get i, I had to learn and even with my business now because i've got so many customers but you have to learn that you can't you literally you just can't please everybody and and there's some people that just they just come in and they're going to be mad no matter what. Yeah. Or if you just do the perfect work for them, they're going to be upset. They're not going to be happy. And you just have to learn that because otherwise you'll, you'll go mad trying to trying to please every person. You'll end up spending 50 percent of your energy trying to please this one person and neglecting the, the, the people that are perfectly happy. Yeah. And then you then you've got them upset. So, yeah, it's a tough thing. Uh, so with the pool industry, tell us, is it worth if you have a home, is it worth getting a pool built in or buying a home with a pool? Like you as someone that deals with pools all the time, because I hear pools are just a nightmare. I mean, I, I can tell I don't own a pool. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you that. But, I mean, honestly, if, if, uh, if I were going to, if I really wanted a pool and I were, and I were m- moving or about to buy a house, I would buy one with a pool. Yeah. Because they are so expensive to build now. And they, if you buy a house with one, it doesn't add that much value to the house so mm-hmm. you can you can buy a house with a pool much cheaper than you can buy a house and then build a pool but uh i mean they're great you know they're just they are what they are but there is a lot of upkeep a lot of expense that, extra that, chemicals electricity and everything so it felt like from the 80s to like about mid 2000s that was like the pool was still the gold standard mm-hmm. oh we gotta oh, get yeah, a pool was, in the house right? oh yeah the 80s if you could have a mercedes benz or a pool like that was it was before lexus it was before all that so yeah that was the gold standard was having a german car or a swimming pool and 
and uh, they're great. I mean, I, I, I don't want one in my house because I don't want to have to keep up with it, but yeah. it's kind of like a mechanic whose car is always broken down. You <laughs> yeah. don't want to. You don't want to deal with what you work with, but but uh, I'm glad a lot of people do have them. I can tell you that. Oh, absolutely. For you, it is. Yeah. Uh, so what's one piece of business advice you can give to people listening right now? I would say whatever it is you're doing, make sure that that you're uh, you're, you're happy doing it. And, and not so much. I know that's, that's kind of blanded, but not so much happy with what the work is, but at least something from it makes you happy like even if even if there's a you can see how you can make money and you can attack it from that angle Mm -hmm. like if money is a motivator then make sure that there's a a path for you to make money at it or if if the work you know if it's if it's an art or it's whatever it is that that just it's your passion but just make sure that something about it motivates you because if you have no motivation it will just it'll beat you down yeah um for me pool work i mean nobody's passionate about pool work who would be but but i i i can see how i can make a living provide mm-hmm. and so that that kind of gets me through cuz i'm i just think okay as long as i keep doing this i can provide for my family it's it's a good it's a good way to make a really good living uh, and then i i grew up in the country outdoors so i get to work outdoors and that sort of thing as well so yeah. that that kind of blends into it but just some way something about it that uh, motivates you and don't let people tell you that money isn't a good motivator because if you can make a good living that's a hell of a motivator absolutely I mean, you get, yeah, there's dude, nothing wrong with that like that's why we're all here you know make a good living and leave something behind for your kids yeah I've always found that to be the biggest bullshit ever is when people go money doesn't bring you happiness I mean you're then you're not I don't know there's something else uh, wrong in your life because yeah I'm telling you man I, I can tell you right now if if I had more money if people I know had more money They'd be a lot happier. Absolutely. Like, that's a lie. It's the biggest lie. It doesn't lie. solve every problem, but it eliminates a hell of a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> it, it makes, and it makes, it makes living with a problem much easier. Absolutely. Like, if we, if you had a really bad problem, I mean, like, let's just say it was family issue after family issue. You know, it'd be nice if you had enough money. If you own beachfront property in Miami, you could just fly down there and hang Absolutely. out. Absolutely, yeah. Like, like, that's the, I don't know how that started, that whole saying. I think it, it came from. There's probably not enough jobs around, and there weren't well-paying jobs. So it was like, hey guys, money doesn't, money's not everything. <laughs> and they convinced us of it. Yeah, they convinced us of it. It was like government propaganda. Like, hey guys, we, look, this war is sucking out. We have no jobs left. So let's get this old, like, let's make this new saying and make it an old saying that money's not everything. Money doesn't buy you happiness. When in reality. Everybody knows money yeah, buys you. We pay, should start right? a new saying. Broke yeah. is better than not broke. There you go. Yeah. Be, you know what? I don't want to be broke. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay. So you have uh, you have a wide range of age kids. We got one who's in college, one that's graduated high school, one that's going to be a junior. We've got, well, be we, junior. We've got, we're blend. We're, we're, re, we're uh, both on our second marriages. So Amber has two and I have three. So we have five together. But yeah, we've got two that are going into their junior year in high school. We've got one that's starting at A&M Galveston this fall. We've got one that has been out of high school for a year and he's in the workforce. And then we've got our oldest one who uh, went to college for uh, process controls and he's in the workforce also. Okay. So we've got we've got two out, one starting college and, and two in high school. So you guys have, you guys are raising the next generation. And I've t- I talked this about I talked to this with Coach Al, who was on the podcast before. He trains 
uh, NFL guys, college guys, high school athletes, all this stuff. Uh, is the next generation as screwed as we think they are, or is it just us being old people saying, "Ah, my this generation sucks"? I don't, I don't think it's that bad. I, I mean, ours, I can tell you, they're they're pretty good, normal, uh, centered kids. Like they, yeah. they. Uh, I, I will say, I feel like they're. When I was their age, I was a little more uh, grown up, a little more, you know, prepared. So I think maybe ours. I probably shelter mine more than I was sheltered. I was a latchkey kid. Uh-huh. Um, so, I, you know, I had to kind of figure it out or, you know, sink or swim. But, but no, I think, I think the most of them are fine. I think it's a kind of a thing where the, the ones that are not prepared, that, that get a lot of the news, a lot of the publicity, or that, you know, it's, it kind of, it's a viral thing where you see online, oh, millennials this and millennials yeah. that, and, and they don't want to work. But, but you know, I, I see my kids. I see their friends. They're all they're all trying hard in school they're they're you know trying to get into college trying to do well working um you know my oldest son he's he's about he'll turn 21 next week wow his uh his most of his friends you know they're hard working they they're either starting their own businesses or 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 working you know in local industries around here so i I think there's i think we're fine i think we'll be all right it goes back to that old like the one percent, the the dumb one percent, will get the attention for Absolutely. some reason. Yeah. When everybody else is doing it the right way, and yeah. everybody, everyone else is cool, it's all good. Well, and name me the last generation that didn't say that the next generation was was too soft. It's yeah. Always been yeah. that way. I'm sure our parents thought we were soft, and our grandparents probably thought our parents were soft. But but uh, everybody seems to find a way. But this one is the softest. It's pretty damn soft. I mean, it's pretty lie. dang soft. I mean, I was trying to sell it a minute yeah, ago. Yeah, but no, no, it's pretty <laughs> we're dang pretty soft. well screwed. <laughs> um, okay, so I don't, I don't want to do this podcast too long because we are on the beach and we want to go enjoy the beach also. Uh, what else do you want to hit on that you want to get off your chest or anything? Because I do leave it an open section where the guests can hit on anything they want. Is there anything you want to hit on? Uh, not particularly. I didn't even know we were going to do this, so I hadn't thought of anything. <laughs> um, we could probably talk about, I would think most of the people that listen to this are, are somewhat familiar with Chance McLean and what a idiot he is. We yeah. could probably talk about that for a minute. Chance did the podcast. Did I tell you what happened with Chance? You didn't. Well, I listened to it. I listened to it, but no, I, I can't imagine what... So did. that podcast was really like all jokes aside. I really enjoyed that one. I, Chance is a great honestly story. that was the, of the ones I've listened to. That yeah. was my favorite one. Uh, that was, was a really on good one. He was on his best behavior. He was. He was good. That was, was not an accurate depiction of, of his normal. No, no. The, no, the chance yeah, that yeah. we know. No, yeah. It's Frank the Tank. He's Absolutely. just a, he's just an a hole sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, for example, when he was down here a couple weekends ago, <laughs> we're cruising up and down the beach in the golf cart. He's wearing camouflage, cargo shorts, boots. With knee-high white socks that he went ahead and folded down <laughs> over the top of the boots, uh, blaring John Denver oh on the Bluetooth God. speaker, and somehow or another managing to get everybody on the beach to sing along with him. <laughs> he's the so, best. Yeah. He's that one friend everyone has. He's oh, just, like, yeah. just the coolest dude. Like he's, so much yeah. fun. Yeah, all joking aside, he's, uh, he's absolutely the best. So after his podcast, we get a tweet from uh, one, of the, one of our Twitter followers, and the guy leaves his job and he's pursuing yes. a career in, in writing now uh, that guy he he has property down here oh does he i have not had a chance to meet that guy i know exactly who you're talking about and he's we've communicated on twitter as well and he's got a place down here somewhere and we've never had a chance to meet but yeah i, I actually asked him the other day on twitter if, if uh 
his life had been ruined yet from following Chance's advice. Yeah. I think it has. He didn't want to admit it, but I think Chance screwed him royally. So Chance is responsible for ruining somebody's life. I would, there I you would go. think more than we know, but yeah. it's that one for sure. That's cool, man. That I love. You guys have no idea how much those Twitter threads. And again, like this might be a small percentage because I think the podcast audience doesn't see. They don't follow me on no, Twitter probably, as like yeah, as, like, as much not. as we do. You know where. Uh, but what what happens is. Chance will start a start a tweet, and it, it ends up being this like ninety to hundred tweet thread where me, you, Chance, Clint, DJ are all going back and complete forth. Complete nonsense. Complete nonsense. To the point where our wives now know that we're involved in a thread. Oh, like my wife will have people at work bringing it up to her. <laughs> They're like, they'll somehow like figure out. However, I don't know that, that that's us. And they're like, wait, that's your husband that does oh all that? And they're like, God. oh, my God, I'm so sorry. It's so I, embarrassing. I feel like I have to apologize for, for, for that. But Man. but it is. It's complete nonsense. I even, I can't even think of an example. Well, the, the fake DMs. Yeah. That's one of the first things we started yes. doing. So on Twitter, you can just like any social media, I assume. That's the only one I'm on. But I assume you can DM, direct message people without other people seeing it on any of them. So we started this thing where we pretend – that if you just put DM in front of the tweet, nobody else can see it. So we act like we're having a private conversation, even though we're so we're saying shit that we would never say in real life, under the the fake pretense yeah. that no one else can see it. And oh then people will like chime in and they're like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you said that!" And like, and then the best thing is we'll act surprised, like, "Oh my god, how did you see that? You hacked us!" Yeah, it's so it's it's completely it's so second grade, infantile, dumb. But that but, like th- those things when I was doing my nine to five, and like now I'm like very fortunate. I get to I get to work at ESPN. I do a sports talk show, so like I have this outlet for all this like built up right. creativity and creative frustration that I didn't have a chance. Like when I was doing a nine to five. But that was my outlet. Was I would be literally sitting at a desk, and this was after I left Landry's. I was working at a medical company of all places, right? So I would get to work. I would finish my work in the first forty minutes. The rest of the day was me just bored out of my mind, and Bullshit, then like our uh, threads yeah. get our threads get going, and that would keep Absolutely. me sane at work. So much fun, and man. it's it's fun. I, I none of it, none of it is planned. It's one hundred percent. The only ones that are really, really funny are the ones that just pop up out of nowhere that have that yeah. nobody even was thinking would be. Someone will just say <laughs> something that seems innocuous or or uh, just kind of random, and all of a sudden it just it, it explodes and everybody's commenting on it. So yeah, it's yeah. a lot of fun. So if you're stuck in a nine to five, find us on Twitter. We'll entertain you. Well, and it's it's uh for me it, the, when I got on there was originally because of sports radio. I listened to sports uh-huh. radio and I kept hearing people saying, "Oh, so and so tweeted in this." So I was like, "I gotta check this out." But for me, I ride around in my truck all day by myself, either doing work, giving quotes, whatever. I'm alone, so I don't I don't have interaction like in an office setting. So for me, it's 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 entertainment. Yeah, and uh, that's where it took off for me, and then. Uh, started kind of just communicating with you guys, and and the rest is history, I guess. The the first time you interacted with us on Twitter was when you were copying all of our tweets, right? Was that you? Yeah, you blocked me. I blocked you. I was <laughs> yeah. like, what, what was your problem? This guy was just like constantly just repost what I posted. <laughs> I thought it would be funny. It wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to like make. I, honest to God, I made another account, sent Rahil a message, and said, Hey, no, 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 I'm a, I'm I'm a fan. I'm just, I was just goofing around. So he was nice enough to unblock me. Could you imagine and, uh, if I blocked you and like I, I was like, whatever, man, I'm done with you. Screw you, dude. Then Never we wouldn't be here again. on the beach doing a podcast. It's funny. You can. You, there's a way. I don't remember how you do it, but you can search your first tweet ever. Oh, really? Yeah, my first tweet ever 
was I believe I was trying to I was trying to of course tweet into a sports show I think Lance Zerline and maybe someone else and I didn't really know how to do it so all it has is his Twitter symbol and no message <laughs> that's my first tweet <laughs> man that is awesome well Jackie yeah. thank you so much for uh, having me out Absolutely. here uh, it's one of my favorite things to do in the summer is come out here hang out with you Amber Reagan C-Note all the uh, the whole gang today it was a uh, half the gang uh, but yeah we're missing a few yeah it's like it, it was it's a blast man and Bolivar is like starting to become one of my favorite places to it's go. Back. It's it's almost yeah. back to pre-Ike levels as far as people, and uh, yeah, it's coming back. So we look forward to it also for sure. Absolutely, and if you uh, the ferry get there early, or you go around and go I ten and and cut over. Uh, yeah, that's the unless that's you the, have that's the, the surefire way. If you don't have the cheat code, then yeah, don't wait in line for the ferry. Yeah, only or, a few. Find you, find you a doctor willing to sign off on a ferry pass, and, and you, you get to cut in front of line. I call yeah. my doctor. Just make up, make up an ailment, either no, bad you don't back, even have to make up anxiety. Anything. You don't even have to make. They don't check. They don't. They, they, they can't. All, they they can't. Really can't. You can't it's because of HIPAA loss. rules. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So all, all they can do is call the place and be like, "Hey, did you guys turn this in?" Okay. And then they'll call you and be like, "All right, it's on the I've way." I've got buddies down here that they just fill out the paperwork themselves and send it in. Just write a fake doctor's name. Yeah. They said nobody's ever called to check. So, but if I did it, I would be the one. That you got would be, and they don't even check on the ferry boarding uh, anymore. No, they just look like, at that yellow they, thing. They, like today, we just drove right in. That our yellow tag was up there. They didn't look at it at all. It's, Wait, so you have one? I have one. Oh, <laughs> absolutely, I have one. That's why I love coming down here now. What's your What's your handicap? Bad back. Bad back, gotcha. Bad back. It it always gets you. Fair enough. It always gets you. On Twitter, at jgoss1971. 1971, that's it. Autofill. I don't even know (laughs) the handles anymore. If you get to jgoss1971 and there's a different one than me, then... That person deserves a follow. What what can you do? Get to know them. Uh, Also, if you own an RV, I don't know if a lot of my listeners do, but uh, and you want to come down to Bolivar, they can... Park it at your place. You got absolutely. You can catch me on Twitter. Uh, it's Five Palms RV Park. If you Google it, uh, Five Palms RV Park, Bolivar Peninsula. We've got spots about a two-minute walk from the beach, so we'd be happy to put you up. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. It is our uh, podcast from the beach. Next time, next year, I think the technology is going to be there. We could do, we could have done it this year. If the waves weren't that bad, I was going to take the iPhone out there, and we were uh, going to record because iPhone's waterproof now. The probably be the first podcast in the history of podcasts from inside an ocean that would have been so much fun but hey beachside isn't bad either that's not bad all right until the next episode we'll do it again next year or next time i come out we'll do another podcast from the beach and uh, we'll make fun of other people too uh jackie thank you so much man we are out thank you everyone for listening it was a shortened version of the real show podcast but an interesting one i'm gonna leave it now where you can enjoy the sounds of the beach so we're gonna point our mics out for the people And you can just leave with the waves.